If you would, please turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, if you would, please. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 8 is our text this morning. The word of the Lord. I charge you, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we approach thy throne of grace in prayer, asking that you would be so pleased to see your good and perfect and acceptable will accomplished this morning. Holy Spirit, we do pray to you that you would be so kind to administer your word to each and every one of us here. Again, we acknowledge that you are he who searches the hearts and minds of your people. And so you know exactly how to appropriately administer your word to us. And Lord, I pray that you would be pleased with thy servant's work, that you would see, be, be pleased to bless it for your honor and glory and for the church's good. Um, help me to speak boldly, authoritatively. Uh, help me to have a uh, um, a singleness of mind. And 
Lord, I pray your forgiveness in advance if I should speak anything amiss. And, and as always, we do pray that if there be anyone here this morning or anyone listening to this message who has not yet begun to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, we pray that you would be so pleased to, to plead to the Father to grant them saving faith in you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Last week we learned that the man of God, the one whom God has chosen to serve him in the pastoral ministry, will be a man of prayer and the word. The man of God's own choosing will be known by both the church and the world as a man of prayer and the word, we learned. The minister of Jesus Christ will be known as a man of prayer and the word because it is through these ordinary means of grace that he remains in communion with God, and it is only by remaining in communion with God that he can successfully carry out his pastoral responsibilities of watching over himself and watching over the, sh the flock that God has entrusted to his care and protection. As we prayerfully considered Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, we very easily arrive to the conclusion that men do not choose to serve God in the pastoral ministry. As we noted last week, the work that the man of God is called to do is so vitally important, caring and protecting for the bride of Christ, that it is accompanied with a much more stricter judgment than that which is um, the body of Christ will look forward to or does look forward to. And so it is for that reason, beloved, the one whom God chooses or calls to the pastoral ministry will be a man of prayer and the word. The man of God must be a man of prayer and the word because it is only by remaining, as we just noted, in communion with God that he is able to successfully fulfill his ministry. And so you see, it is only through prayer and the word that we as as a whole, as, as all of God's people, maintain and nurture our relationship with God and Christ. The prayerless person will be a wordless person. The wordless person will be a prayerless person. And so the prayerless and wordless person is a person who is, who, is, who is out of proper fellowship with the Lord God Almighty. The one who is out of fellowship with God is one who is unable to carry out that which God in Christ has called him or her to do. And so are you beginning to see the vital importance of being a person of prayer in the word? How much more important is it for the man of God whom he has chosen to serve in the pastoral ministry to be a man of prayer in the word? And this brings us, I believe, to today's passage of Holy Scripture. If there is a passage of Holy Scripture, of sacred Scripture, that drives home the necessity of the man of God being a man of prayer and the word, I believe it is today's passage of sacred scripture. It is only through prayer and the word that the minister of Jesus Christ can successfully answer and then fulfill his ministry entrusted to him by his one and only master, 
the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Again, the prayerless person will be a wordless person. And the prayerless and wordless, world, wordless person will be a person out of proper fellowship with God and therefore will be an utterly incapable of successfully accomplishing that which God has called him or her to do. As we will now see from today's passage of Scripture, we find the Apostle Paul exhorting, or we could say urging, Timothy to fulfill his calling to the pastoral ministry faithfully and diligently. Faithfully and diligently. Let's look to our passage of Scripture. We'll read it together, and we'll look to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, once again in prayer. Beginning in verse 1, Paul writes to Timothy, I charge you, therefore, <clears throat> before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. They will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, but you, Timothy, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all, to all who love his appearing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we approach thy throne of grace in prayer. We ask that you would be pleased to bless our time together this morning. Father, we fully acknowledge that without your enabling grace, the time that we spent, that we are spending here this morning, would not be time well, were, uh, well spent. And so we ask that you would be so pleased to provide us, to shower us with your enabling grace so that we may see, so that you may see your good and perfect and acceptable will accomplished here this morning. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Once again, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, 
But you, Timothy, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Again, Paul says in verses, in verse 1, he says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. And so the Apostle Paul has just declared to Timothy the sufficiency of sacred scripture. Paul writes to Timothy in verses 16 through 17 of chapter 3, he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so it's as if Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, holy scripture is God-breathed. Sacred scripture is the very word of God. And so, Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It and prayer are all that the man of God requires to accomplish every good work that God has prepared for him to accomplish. The sacred scripture and prayer. Again, Paul says to Timothy, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering, and teaching. Beloved, the Apostle Paul knew by personal experience that prayer and the word is all that the minister of Jesus Christ requires. The Apostle Paul understood that by personal experience. The word of God is sufficient for the equipping of the man of God called to the pastoral ministry. The God-breathed word of God is sufficient, and it is considering that, Paul says to Timothy, in, in consideration of that, Paul says to Timothy, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Focus on the word, Timothy, and be ready in season and out of season. And so whether the word of God is welcomed or whether the word of God is shunned, preach the word because it alone is the power of God to salvation. 
And so whether you find yourself in a welcoming situation or a hostile situation, Timothy, preach the word. Because it is the word of God that is the power of God to salvation. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. We can imagine Timothy saying, or Paul saying to Timothy, Timothy, my son in the faith, do not let up being a man of prayer in the word. Regardless of the season, regardless of whether the word of God is well received or not, you must preach the word. You must continue convincing, rebuking, exhorting with all long-suffering and teaching. Timothy, you must pursue fulfilling your ministry faithfully and diligently. Why? Verse 3, Paul says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Paul is telling Timothy that the time will come when those within the visible church who profess faith in Jesus Christ, the time will come when they will, when, when they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and aside the fables. The time will come when those within the visible church will no longer tolerate sound doctrine. Those who profess faith in Jesus Christ, the time will come when they, they will no longer continue to accept as valid or true sound doctrine. Timothy, the time will come when those will be those within the church professing faith in Jesus Christ as their one and only Lord and Savior, who will no longer accept or consider sound doctrine as being true. They will openly reject sound doctrine. They will openly set it aside to pursue and embrace that which is pleasing to their itching ears. You see, beloved... They have a desire to be told or to be taught things that align with their sinful desires. That is an itch that they're needing to be scratched or to be satisfied. Being told things that align with their sinful desires. Sound doctrine is not satisfying to their fallen desires, and therefore they reject it as false and embrace that which is false as true. Why? Because it allows them to pursue their own sinful desires rather than God's good and perfect and acceptable will as it is revealed in and through the sound doctrine of sacred scripture. And so you see, Timothy, they will reject those whom God has chosen to serve in the pastoral ministry and accumulate for themselves teachers who will teach them things that fall in line with their fallen, vile, sinful passions. They will reject the sacred scripture as a final authority for faith in life and embrace unsound doctrine 
that are that is in accordance with their sinful desires. Beloved, are we not seeing that today within professing Christendom? Are we not seeing that today within the church? Back in the early 70s, once again, back in the early 70s, Presbyterian PCUSA, they abandoned the, the, the authority of Scripture and the deity of Christ. And even today, beloved, we are seeing this, we are seeing this today within, unfold within, within the visible church. Consider the acceptance or the tolerance of the so-called idea gay Christian. Is there such a thing as a, a gay Christian? Think it through for a moment. Think it through for a moment. Gay is an adjective. Christian is a noun. Adjectives modify nouns. The Bible knows nothing of a gay Christian. The Bible only knows of a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. There's no such thing as a different kind of Christian. There's only the Christian. Holy Scripture knows nothing of a gay Christian's. Are there those who profess faith in Jesus Christ, struggle with same-sex attraction? Absolutely there are. They're out there. Are they to be embraced by the church? Are they to be encouraged by the church to follow Jesus Christ, to put to death their sin? Absolutely they are. But they're not to be encouraged to be identified by their sin. And that's what they are doing when they call themselves gay Christians. They are, they are finding their identity in their sin. Again, listen carefully. Gay is an adjective. Christian is a noun. Adjectives modify nouns. And the Holy Scripture knows nothing of a gay Christian. And yet, unfortunately, there are some seminaries, denominations, local churches, professing Christians who are encouraging this very falsehood. Whether they fully embrace it or they silently tolerate it, they are encouraging the falsehood called gay Christian. The same is true with the divine institution of marriage. We have seminaries, denominations, local churches, and professing Christians encouraging a falsehood that two people of the same sex can enter into the divine institution of marriage. Beloved, as Christians, as Christians, that should never roll off of our lips calling a same-sex union as marriage. We should never, we should never identify that union as marriage. Mar the word marriage should never roll off our lips when we're talking about two people of the same sex entering into a union. That's not marriage. God defines marriage. And marriage is between a man and a woman only. And so whatever the world wants to call it, Whatever laws, legislations are passed that say this is marriage, it's not. 
It's not. It's not marriage. It's a union. It's a sinful union. It's a lawless union. And it's one that should never be identified or called or referred to by the church as marriage. Because it's not marriage. It's a union. And so again, marriage is between one man and one woman. Marriage is defined by God and not by fallen, sinful human beings. Then there's the matter of transgenderism. The idea that males can be females and females can be males is slowly but surely making its inroads within the segments of professing Christendom. Beloved, what is the minister of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to do in the face of such apostasy? What is the proper response of the minister of Christ? What is the proper response of the church? The minister of Jesus Christ can only do one thing, and that is to faithfully and diligently fulfill his ministry by preaching the gospel and teaching the whole counsel of God. What does Paul say to Timothy? And so if you would, please, read with me again, beginning in verse 1. Paul says to Timothy, he says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But notice what Paul goes on to say to Timothy. He says, but you, Timothy, in the face of this apostasy, but you, Timothy, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. In verse 5, Paul is telling Timothy, when he tells them, when he tells him, endure afflictions. Paul's telling Timothy, Timothy, for you to remain faithful to your calling, for you to remain faithful to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to declare the whole counsel of God, expect persecution. Expect hardship. Because there is going to be occasions when it will not be well received. And you will know it when it's not well received. But you must be watchful. And you must be faithful. And you must be diligent. You must fulfill your ministry. You must do the work of an evangelist. Well, what do, what do evangelists do? They call sinners to repentance and faith. The only proper response, beloved, to false teaching is to stand up taller and declare faithfully and diligently the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and boldly and authoritatively teach the whole counsel of God. That is the only proper response. It is not remaining silent. It is not avoiding conflict. 
It's declaring the word of God to those who need to hear. And this brings us to the last few verses of our passage of Holy Scripture. What does Paul say beginning in verse 6? He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, finally, Timothy, the time has come of my departure. I have, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Now I'm being poured out as a drink offering. My life is now quite literally going to be, quite literally and invisibly going to be a sacrifice unto the Lord. I'm about to breathe my last breath. My head is about to be, my head is about to roll off my shoulders. But I've kept the faith. I finished the race. I fought the good fight. And finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who love his appearing. Paul understood that he was on his way out. Paul had come to the final lap of his ministry. He was nearing the end. In fact, the end was knocking on the door. And Paul had faithfully and diligently fulfilled his ministry, and he wanted the same for Timothy. He wanted the same for Timothy. And I know he wanted the same for the church, for every Christian. Paul had faithfully and diligently fulfilled his ministry, and he wanted the same for Timothy. And so, beloved, we've come full circle. We, we close where we started. It is only through prayer and the word, the Lord and Savior, Jesus, prayer and the word, the minister of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, can faithfully and diligently fulfill the ministry entrusted to him. And it is only through prayer and the word that the body of Christ can faithfully and diligently fulfill what Christ has called her to do. Faithfully and diligently preaching the gospel, teaching the word, as we continually move forward and closer to the second coming of our beloved Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will increasingly become more and more unpopular and therefore experience an ever-increasing resistance to its message. The man whom God has chosen to serve in the pastoral ministry will be a man of prayer in the word who is wholeheartedly committed to faithfully and diligently fulfilling his ministry. And every member of the church Every member of the church who has been called to follow Christ will be a man or a woman of prayer in the word who is wholeheartedly committed to faithfully and diligently fulfilling all that Christ has called them to do. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ 
who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only, not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to place ourselves under the hearing of your word. Father, I pray that we here at Faith Bible Presbyterian Church that we will continue to be a church of prayer and the word. I pray that each of us here this morning, each and every member that makes up this family of faith, that each of us would be, would be wholeheartedly sold out to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would be men and women and children of prayer and the word, that we would be always be found faithfully and diligently serving our one and only Master, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Until the day that we see him face to face, until the day of his glorious appearing, at which time the, the dead and the living will be judged. Father, we pray that if there be anyone who is still not yet, have, they still have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you'd be merciful to them. And that you would draw them unto yourself through your son, Jesus Christ. Enabling them to, to believe and trust the gospel. In your holy name we pray, amen.